Welcome back to the Frizz and the Grease podcast with your hosts, Prudo and D. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. It's your boy, Trudeau. D, get the people started off right. What it do, baby? Happy fucking Monday. It sure feels like a Monday today. I was struggling before the show. I cut you off. I couldn't hear you because I was also saying, ain't that the truth? I said I was a struggle bus today, man. I was before the show. Like, I'm like, hey, I'm going to be on like two minutes. Uh, You know how your computer every once in a while is just like, hey, I need an update. And I'm like, all right, whatever. Two minutes in and out. No problem. I shit you not. <laughs> it took five minutes to get to, I don't know, 7%. And I was like, dude, I'm not going to make the show. In some trouble now. <laughs> but it's it's all good. It decided to speed up the end. It got worried. But uh, we're here. We're here now. We're recording. Happy Monday to you all. It's going to be a fun day of sports. Uh, I, I feel like it wasn't a huge busy week, but we got something to talk about. Um I think before the show, Lamar Jackson requested a trade not too long ago. So we got that to talk about. Uh, Aaron Rodgers still not signed. We want to talk about him, some other NFL stuff. And we wanted to actually do like a retrospective look at some of the NBA stuff because the trade deadline's over, I don't know, six weeks ago now at this point, a month ago. We want to see, you know, are any of these trades, do, do some of these teams regret, right? Buyers or more. So we're going to do that. And obviously we're going to update our tournament. Should be a good show, D. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I definitely got a case with the Monday, so I'm gonna do my best to bring that energy. Today was a bitch to get through, but we here now. We live. More importantly, we about to bring a hell of a show for you guys. Oh, go ahead. No, it was a good Monday for one thing. In mm. This household over here, it was the holy pizza night. You know pizza when Mondays? I mean, weird. You know, it was a pizza night for us. It was just one of those things. Tonight was pizza night. Why are you hating on pizza on Monday? Love pizza, but like it's just, I feel like that's a weekend thing. It's either a weekend or like a Friday thing for me. Like, you don't feel feel like cooking. Everybody's just like exhausted from the week, you know, Monday through Thursday, and then you order it. But like starting the week off with, we had some people over. We had some, hey, you know what you guys say? Treat yourself. (laughs) You had the weekend to treat yourself. You don't do it again on Monday. I just want to treat myself all day, every day. But it got me thinking, I want to get your opinion of this. You know, you do your Frizz's Five, which we haven't done in a long time, by the way. Rightfully so, but I also think that the music madness is taking over that. Yeah, we'll get back to the Frizz's five, but uh, I want to do my own quick top five and get your opinion on this because I was thinking top five pizzas, and I'm talking about like the, the you know, to- totally holistic, not like pizza, to- single pizza toppings, but pizzas you can get. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. My number five is a meat lover's pizza. <laughs> I'm with you. Okay. Number four. My pit, my personal favorite, olive pizza. Olive. Do you okay. like? Are you an olive guy? Not at all. Maybe in a martini, but that's about it. Black olive pizza, delicious. All right, this is where it gets good. I think you're. I think you're agreeing with me all the way through the rest of this. Mm. Number three pizza, barbecue chicken pizza. With you, okay. All right. Number two, I don't know if you're following me. This one, a caprese pizza. What the hell is a caprese? Really? Have you ever had caprese salad? No, I. I I thought you were saying like Capri Sun salad at first, but no, I got it now. What a Caprese, Caprese pizza. Like I just go someone and say, hey, give me one of them Caprese pizzas. Then I yeah. go look at me like I got 10 heads. It, it is a thing. It's it's like a very Italian pizza. It's it's basil with a big slice of mozzarella cheese, a little bit of balsamic vinaigrette on that bad boy. A delicious that pizza. called Caprese. That, a Caprese salad is that with a piece of tomato. Hmm. 
there's another name for that type of pizza, and it's not that, because my wife orders that. That's a good pizza. She knows. She just, I've never heard the word caprese, and if I, if I wasn't going to put her on blast, I'd be like, what the hell is that pizza you eat? She would say it, and it's not I'm going to Google that shit, because I'm, I'm pretty sure caprese is a thing. Um, right. That's the last one. Number one is the goat of pizzas, in my in my opinion. You got to get the fried chicken on this one, too. You can't be an old grilled chicken. Buffalo chicken pizza. Okay. I feel like you could still lump together buffalo and barbecue, but I feel you on that one. Ah, Just different flavors. It's, it's a, yeah, but it's a sauced chicken pizza. Remember when you said that it wasn't right for me to have, again, a Frizz's 5 throwback? I think it was Ray's barbecue sauce. Baby um, Ray's. Yeah. Baby Ray's, Baby Ray's, and McDonald's barbecue sauce. And you were like, you can't do both. Like, whoa, whoa. You, 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 you have two sauces. And it's like, well, one of them was for marinating and one of them was for dipping. So, like, what you're doing is essentially the same thing. I you said buffalo and barbecue. For the chicken. No, yeah, but it's sauce chicken. Two different flavors, though. Buffalo and barbecue it's are completely different ends chicken, of the spectrum. Though. All right, I'm going to just keep saying. I, I'm with you that I like bu- buffalo chicken, but... I just feel like when you put buffalo and barbecue in the same list, they're both considered. I, I'm curious for you yourself and the audience because I've always been kind of weirded out by this pizza and I want to try it, right? And here's the thing. like, If you're going to buy a whole pizza and you don't like it, it's ruined. So like, I'm afraid. Mm. I need to go to like, a party where they have this pizza. How do you guys feel in the audience and UD about the, the pineapple, ham, like the Hawaiian pizza? Is that good? I'm all for it. Yes. So I won't be a part of the crowd that like argues against or for pineapple being on pizza, but I'll eat it. I 100% will. If it's there, I'm grabbing a slice because it's actually really good. The combo of like the tanginess of a pineapple and like the ham is actually yeah. really good. See, I'm not the type of person that would grab pineapple just by itself. So I'm a little nervous, but man, invite me over next time. I'll come to Carolina. You give me that, that <laughs> pineapple bacon pizza. I'm with you, dog. Well, you just threw another piece on there. You said bacon. I'm sorry. That's that's different. That's I actually omitted bacon on the pizza, and that's a blasphemy. So that's mm-hmm. my bad. That's delicious. I'm with you. Any more pizza talk? Chicken bacon ranch. You forgot that one. It's probably the number one, at least for me. But I mean, that's that's my list, not your do list. Do I have, before I move on? Do, are there any uh, flavors I've omitted besides your chicken bacon? Because that's a good one. Or the no, chi- I think that's about. It. You said meat lovers, and you said. Um, Either buffalo or barbecue chicken. Those are essentially the top that I would go with. But yes, but uh, bacon, chicken bacon ranch is number one. By the way, don't sleep on sardines. I know it sounds weird, but oh, they're delicious. No, come on, just hit the music, bro. You can't end on that. I'm telling you, dog, if you like salty. Bro, we went through delicious. all of that for you to say some sardines. Delicious, delicious. I know. Well, you, you texted me earlier today. You had like a whole list of things you had on your mind you want to talk about. And the top of that list was some NFL in particular, Lamar Jackson. So what did you got for me today? Yeah, man, they still, I feel like they're still doing Lamar dirty. Um, what I did notice, and obviously with everybody that's been talking about it, is that it's perfectly timed how like a lot of this information is coming out. And the fact that like the day of the owners meetings, when everybody's getting together, something gets released of a, a mention of a, a a trade request from four weeks ago. And it's like, why wasn't this brought up, you know, before the tag, you know what I'm saying? Like, so that teams could potentially, I don't know, look at the market for him. If like, oh, he's actually wanting to get out and there's no deal between Buffalo, uh, Baltimore and, and Lamar. Like I'm requesting a trade. And then like, it was just silent. But like when all the owners congregate together, like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. He definitely put out a request, you know, at the beginning of the month. We just wanted to keep it on the hush. So like, I just don't understand how 
A, there's still not a team that's ready for, you know, for to take on his services via trade because of the compensation behind it, or just the way that this whole situation is being handled. Like, there's so many different angles that I've never seen this high pro- profile of a quarterback get this type of treatment with either wanting to be re-signed with his existing team or just, hey, man, like, let's just push you over to the side or you might just be on the sideline for the next 365 days. So I'm not sure, but I thought the trade thing was an interesting wrinkle because right now he has that non-exclusive franchise tag, which means a team can come and give him an offer and then the Ravens are forced to try to match. Mm-hmm. But if he's outright traded, is there those first-round draft picks that's tagged on to those things? Nope. not That's what I'm saying, that the timing behind this it's everything is just, I'm not ready to go conspiracy yet. Still not ready to throw on the hat. But the timing of this being released, meaning if if teams had known, think about this, right? If teams had known that he wanted to trade because they're not coming to an agreement before the franchise tag, just like in the NBA, like he's an unrestricted free agent. There's nothing that's like needs to be compensated for it. If you want to give up a first rounder and players, that's better than giving up two or three first rounders, which is what essentially the tag is now titled towards. It's like teams could have purchased his services or we'll say traded for his services for much less than what's being asked for because of the tag. But now that the tag's on, dude's like, oh, I don't know, man, that's two picks. Like, I don't know, that's too much. It's like, it's, if this trade would, or at least this would have been brought up to the table at the beginning of March before the tags were associated or before free agency, you don't, you don't think other teams would have been able to jump on this publicly? I, I just think it's being handled like incredibly wrong right now. Yeah, it's almost like a game of uh, a chicken. Like they're just staring at each other like the cars come, who's going to move first? And mm-hmm. I'm curious what your opinion is. Like who at this point, I think that as this thing progresses closer and closer to the season, the leverage becomes more in Lamar's favor because the Ravens are going to want to resolve this. And let's just say, for example, they resolve it and they get a contract with Lamar long-term and it happens in, I don't know, two weeks into training camp or a week before the season starts. It's not like a running back. Like a running back, I've played running back. You don't have to be having a complex understanding of the offense. You just see whole run. Mm-hmm. The quarterback, you got to have time in with the receivers. You got to work in with your OC, be on the same page. So as time gets burnt, this favors Lamar. Um, I do like the trade demand coming out. I don't I, like you said. You, I didn't realize he had put something out weeks ago about this. Um, but I think that he is ready to play hardball. And if it comes down to a game of chicken, dog, he's made his money. Like he'll sit out of season at this point if he if he feels like he's being disrespected. 32 million guaranteed like he's he's got he's getting the bag which I think the math was broken down that if he continues to sign the tag it's the number that they would be at if they just signed him long term 60 million or 65 guaranteed because 32 and a half 32 and a half and it'll most likely go up next season um just based off of player salaries and whatnot but the fact that like they just won't commit to that fifth year, it's mind blowing. I, I think somebody put it up. I uh, appreciate you, Taihee. Actually, I think Taihee uh, even mentioned it off off air. Like he's like twenty five years old. Like the man's still not even like, at his like thirty year prime, and we're talking about longevity for him. I get the legs thing when it comes to like him being a runner. If he's in an offense where he doesn't have to be a runner, a la what Justin Fields is having to deal with out in Chicago, like maybe if you surround him with pieces that he doesn't have to run as much, he will last longer. But no teams or no people want to address the elephant in the room saying like he has to do that. 
he literally won an MVP with his legs because there's nobody on his team. So, like, if he's surrounded by talent where he can use his arm, he can become a little bit more accurate. The, the offensive coordinator isn't running it, you know, three times in a row and then punting it on fourth. Like, maybe he could actually be the quarterback that everybody wants him to be, but we're just not giving him a chance because all we're saying is, hey, man, just run the ball. Yeah, I want to address what Ty said in the in the chat about uh, basically saying, hey, if Lamar gets his own contract, you know, he's going to mess the game up for all the agents. I I would say this. I I strongly disagree with that. Mostly because Lamar, his contract's easy, right? He goes to the front office and says, hey, look what this quarterback got. I want that because I'm the apex of the pecking order at the most important position in football. But I want to see a running back try to do it without an agent because they're going to get toasted, right? It depends on like what position and what your value is. And Lamar, his, what he wants is easy. He looks at Deshaun and says, see that? That's what I want. Granted, I think that's kind of crazy. Like We all admit that Deshaun's contract's bananas, um, but it's easy for him to pick a number because he has such a good comparison and quarterbacks kind of get what they want. Other positions, not so much. I do think, though, like personally, it would have helped for him to have that agent, but kudos to him and his people. I think his mom's working with with them on this, uh, this situation. Like they're They're ready to play hardball. Um, I'm just honestly kind of sick of it at this point. Yes. And that's not, and that's not a shade to Lamar or the Ravens. Like we'll just do one way or the other, trade the Something. man, do trade the man or sign him. Like, let's just move on because like this, no one's going to budge. And this is just wasting everyone's time. I feel like we had the same or similar conversation with the email Doka thing back in the Celtics time. It's like, are you suspending him? Are you firing him? Or are you letting him coach? Like just come to a resolution because like this is taking way too long and I honestly think it's going to bleed into the regular season where it will essentially be him not playing and yes so that so Deshaun's contract and Kyler Murray's contract you know thank you again Hip Hop Anonymous for, for throwing it in there those two contracts ruined quarterback contracts because A-Rod took a, a substantially high uh, guaranteed money contract I think it was two seasons ago and people were like 40 year old like what the hell what are you doing and then two young guys, one that's coming off of having literally off-field scandal issues in the court system, gets the bag. And then a 5'10 quarterback with no playoff wins, literally a 500, um, a 500 percentage winning, winning percentage in the regular season. And he also gets the bag guaranteed. And it's like he had in his contract that he had to study film in order to get his money. And Lamar's like, all I did was just win MVPs and potentially bring our team to the AFC Championship every year, but you guys won't pay me. I just like, want to say, it's like, crazy. we definitely have the smartest, most intelligent viewers, right? Because, like, <laughs> I feel like the chat just makes mad good points. Hip-hop is talking about the, the Deshaun Watson contract screwing up all the own, like, screwing all the owners. And I think there's a lot of validity, validity to that in that I think, you know, there's a salary cap for a reason. And... I'm not. I'm not going to say I'm pro salary cap because I want people to get the bag. Like you should get what you're worth, but the owners want a salary cap because they know they can't control themselves. Man, like dog, watch there be no salary cap. See how much Jerry Jones spends on Lamar Jackson. Oh my goodness, he would dog. give Lamar Jackson seventy million dollars a year if he could, right? But there's a salary cap so the owners can control themselves. And with the quarterback salaries ballooning, I think what's happened is everyone saw the Watson contract, as Hip Hop said, and they're like, hey, this can't happen again. They mm -hmm. all looked at each other, and Lamar's like, I want that. And the owners are looking at each other like, hey, no one can give him that. And I love that someone, I don't, I don't know whose tweet it was, D, some insider, 
kind of said the Colts might be sniffing around Deshaun. Oh, yeah. Yep. Watch Jim Irsay. Tell him he can't do it because that dude is is middle finger type owner. And if someone's going to be the one to kind of break the embargo and give him that contract and spite the other owners, it's going to be Jim Irsay. Yeah, I'm I'm fully for that. It was Jeremy Fowler. You know, big shouts to ESPN analysis. I told you, he, Shefty didn't text me on this one. I was kind of upset, but at least Fowler, you know, he sent me a tweet. He was like, hey, man, I just want to let you know I put this out there. I was like, I appreciate you, dog. But yeah, like I think if if the Colts stay where they're at and, you know, we can go over team by team if you want of like who's actually like in the area for trying to get his services. Like the Colts are in that like purgatory area where I think they're what, fifth, something like that. Uh, when it comes to draft order, I'll, that's I'll check right. as you as you as you chat. Okay, yeah, I, I know that they're top five. Um, yeah, they're fourth. Sorry. So think of it this way, and this is how I laid it out. Where if hey, you got Jim Irsay kicking the tires and lighting the fires when it comes to all of the owners and the meetings and whatnot. Like, if you're gonna give up two for a, they're still trying to recover with Andrew Luck, right? So like that's obviously problem number one. But if it's two <laughs> draft picks, think about it this way: Are the Colts? going to get Anthony Richardson, Will Levers, whatever the, the second tier QB is at four or five and hope it works out or in a, for those same draft, two, those two draft picks, or you get Lamar Jackson, an established MVP, you pair him with Pittman, you pair him with JT. Hey, he's got, he's got a better offense right off rip than what he did in Baltimore just from you trading for him, even if you get rid of those picks. And if you get those, if you give away those two picks, I don't see them drafting in the top 10. I don't see them drafting in the top 15. They might even flirt with winning that division. What is it? Houston? Indy? It's bad, man. The Jags are solid. Jag- the Jags, the Jags but like, I mean, is Lamar Jackson better than Trevor Lawrence? Yes. <laughs> like, like let's, let's be real, right? Well, with the, with the Colts. So here's the Lamar thing. The risk of Lamar is that if you sign him for four years guaranteed, he hurts himself badly after two years, and you're just—he's dead money for two years. But here's don't the, do that. But let, yeah, let me I'll, let me I'll, let me finish my you, point. Yeah, let me finish my point. That. If you're the Colts, right, you have a roster that can win now, right? And a lot of those guys that you you have signed for cheap right now, they you're not going to be on your team in two years. So like, why not go for broke the next couple of years? You can win the division, have a run with Lamar, and if if worst case scenario happens, whatever, you're going to be awful anyways if you don't make a move. I'm I'm for it, and. Uh, you know, just one thing on Jim Irsay. I don't know if you remember what happened with the commanders and, and Dan Snyder and him threatening all the owners. No. So he was pretty much like, I, I will smear all you guys. I got dirt on all you guys. Oh, yes, yes. And, 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 and it kind of threw Gruden under the bus because and of this. one owner which was like, do it. I don't give a shit. And you know who it was? Jim Irsay. Drunk-ass Jim Irsay. That, that, everyone knows that dude's dirt, and everyone knows he don't give up. So, like, if one dude's going to spite them all, Jim Irsay, be the hero Lamar Jackson we all need. Get him. Get him out of that. I think that, that would ball. be incredible. Like, imagine seeing that man on turf nine times out of the year. Like, That's you want to talk about fast? Oh, my goodness. But, I mean, JT coming off of a, you know, an injury-plagued season. I think you got the wide receiver core. That's going to be helpful when it's Pittman. Michael and Pittman, I yeah. Say, yeah, they, there's another receiver there, too. I just can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but like you, you go out there, you give away two, you you know, you trade away those two draft, first round draft picks. You pick up a third, fourth rounder, or maybe even a second rounder, Jackson Smith and Jigba out of Ohio State, and like you pair youth with him being the veteran QB. He's twenty five, but like playing for a decent amount of ball, especially with like playoffs and whatnot. Colts become good overnight. Like that, and you're not you're not drafting in the top ten with him, is what I'm saying. So like you can get you can afford to give away those picks. 
Yeah, I want to talk about Rogers in a sec, but uh, Ty, Ty brought up Ime. Ime, he said, bring Ime back. <laughs> I, I honestly, like, at this point, I think Ime's done. I think he's he's really? done. I think he's I think he's kind of like I don't want to say blackballed out of the league, but I think Ime, I think the Ime serious situation is serious because he he's gone from the Celtics clearly at this point because they hired Mazzullo. Uh He was not allowed essentially by the league to join the Nets. Man, I don't know what Ime did, but I feel like he's got to go in hiding for a few years. Like it's not going to be like he's back as a coach next year. Like that dude's is out. Yeah, you're you're right. They kind of I won't say covered it up, but you haven't heard a damn thing since the whole Missoula extension. Um, and they, like, I don't even think when they were extending Missoula, there was talk about Ime. They were just like, yeah, new head, new no head longer coach. interim tag. Like he's just going to be the head coach for a couple of years. You heard but nothing. like no mention about what happened with, uh, with the Doka. Nah, he's, he's, he's going to be in hiding for a few years. Witness protection. <laughs> I wasn't sure if we needed the transition music because we're still talking NFL, but like that Lamar conversation went so long, I just felt like it needed a breakup. I'm with you. No, I mean, so we're going to talk from go from one quarterback that's that's big name, you know, trying to figure out what's going on with him to another. Aaron Rodgers, he said he wants to be a Jet. I think it was like a week and a half ago now, two weeks maybe. He is still not a Jet. They're trying to work out compensation, so we're just waiting. Um, I don't know, man. For me, it's like, I don't even know why we're doing this. He was awful last year. I know he won the MVP twice before that, but before that, like four seasons, three seasons ago, four seasons ago, he was bad. I feel like Jets and the Jets and the Jets fans are setting themselves up for disaster <laughs> this upcoming year, but it's waiting game. I don't know, man. What, what what's your take on the whole situation? Epic failure, Brett Favre 2.0. Rogers tried to get away from the Brett Favre shadow as quickly and as best as possible, and he's doing the exact same thing. All the hype, meaning the Packers had two of the best quarterbacks in the history of football, and they got two Super Bowls to show for it. Then on the tail ends of their careers, they go to the New York Jets. It's just strange. Um, I don't think the I don't think the, the needle moves as much as people are expecting it to. If he goes to the Jets, he's still forty years old, like you were saying. And I think the the anomaly was the year after the Jordan Love trade, where he threw for like forty touchdowns, five picks, something like that. And then he had an off year, and then he had another MVP-type season. And I think it's more of what was leading up to the drafting of of Love, which was mediocrity, first-round exits, like terrible turnovers and whatnot, and terrible performances in the playoffs. That's Aaron Rodgers, 36, 37, 38 years old. Then you get him, you know, after the 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 uh, the drafting of Jordan Love and whatnot. So I think that was the spark in the pan. But like, what is there for him to try to get when he's in New York? It, like the fact that they also li- listen to this man's demands is like really annoying as well. Like trading for certain players, signing certain players, and putting them in certain positions for them to get him. And then what if the Packers are just like, nah? So that's what I wanted to, to get to. Is like, I know he's said he wants out. The Jets want him, and the Packers don't want him anymore. They're tired of his bullshit. But who really has the leverage here? Because at some point, here's here's the thing. At some okay. point, if you are like, let's say the Nets with KD, right? You still have a lot of value in KD. You have his his rights for a couple of years, but he's a big name superstar. It's the NBA, and you know what? Even though it hasn't worked out, he's been good to your organization. He hasn't been the problem child. You you do it respectfully. You work together with him. At this point, if you're the Packers, man. You're just so done with all of this. Like, what do you owe him? 
And if you're not getting what you want in return, let me ask you this. Would you just spite if like, if you're getting a second round pick from the Jets and you want more and Aaron's like, I'm not playing for you. I want to go to the Jets. I just say, okay, fine. Have fun Sit. sitting on the bench. Like we're not going to like, we're, we're going to hardball this. You don't owe it to him. Like who has the leverage in your opinion to the situation right now? Definitely go with Green Bay. Um, similar situation to the Kyrie handling in, in Brooklyn where he's like, I want to go to LA. And they were like, nah, <laughs> like, like we own your contract. You either play for us or we just ship you out. And you know, you go to an area where they're three and eight, you know, post the, uh, post the trade deadline. But like with Aaron Rodgers, it's like, they just do that. Which is like, all right, like we don't want you playing for us. We have Jordan Love who will be the starting quarterback. And I really don't feel like trading well, that's you to the, the Jets. Like you're not trading him back to get a, an asset that will be your replacement for him, right? You got him. Like when you traded KD, you got Mikel Bridges back. You got Cam Johnson back. You got young assets to replenish. You're trading away Aaron Rodgers. You're not getting the replacement. You have him up, apparently in Jordan Love. So like you don't have any pressure to make the trade yourself. And by the way, I just checked it out. They have him under contract for another three years. They have 24... 25, actually, it is 23, so they have them four years. 23, 24, 25, 26. I think the two years at the end of it, though, are throwaways. Okay, so does, does that mean he can walk away if he wanted to? That's the point of the whole guaranteed money okay. that he got. Is uh, they guaranteed it in the first four years of his contract. So they have him for, what, another year next year under contract? They have his rights 100%. I mean, I think it'll eventually happen, but you know, if I'm the Packers, you don't owe it to him. You don't owe it to the Jets. You owe it to your fans of, and you owe it to yourself just to save face and not be bullied by this diva. Like, who would have thought Aaron Rodgers would be the diva reality show type guy? Everybody. Literally everybody would have seen that. I mean, I know you were trying to set it up, but like, yes, everybody in the NFL would have seen this coming when he was discount double checking with State Farm. And and then like the next year, they got rid of like Clay Matthews and all those boys that were on defense and they became first round exits every single year after. And I'm not I'm not ready to throw the disappointment tag on him yet because he's still one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, but like we just need to like get rid of this moment. Like I just you're either sitting or trading him. And if you're going to sit him, take the cameras out of his face. Stop putting him on your podcast, whatever the punter's name from uh Pat McAfee. Colts. Yeah, Pat McAfee. Like stop ha- like stop He's, showing he this. He crushes dude. it, man. I gotta give him He's his got a props. great podcast, man. Shouts to the podcast itself. But I'm saying I'm sick of seeing Aaron Rodgers' face plastered all over the place with like, oh, just going on my silent retreat. Like I just want to make sure that I'm left alone for a while. Yeah. And you know, Ty says he can always retire his way out of the contract. And here's the thing. Tom Brady tried that. I was just about to say that. Yeah, go ahead. Tom Brady tried that with the Bucks. Like there are reports before his last season, rumors that he wanted to be a Dolphin, he wanted to be a Raider, he wanted to be everywhere but Tampa Bay, right? He he said he was done. He said he retired, and Tampa called his bluff. Now, granted, they did fire their coach for Tom. I'll get, <laughs> so he won that battle, but like they didn't trade him. They didn't let him walk. They said, "Hey, you're gonna be a Buck or not? Nothing. That's it. We'll get rid of the coach, but you're stuck with us." You know, they're not gonna you know fire a coach. For Aaron Rodgers, and if he wants to retire his way out of it, call his bluff. Because I don't, I, you know, the one thing I will say this about, you know, Ty makes one point is the difference between Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers is one about six championships. But go ahead, six, one likes to do a lot of drugs, <laughs> right? Which he has no slack for, by the way, which is awesome. Um, 
I'm just saying we should not care about anyone with the drug stuff then if we're not going to care about Aaron Rodgers. But beyond that, uh, but the one thing is like Tom Brady is a psychopath and he lives, sleeps, eats football. Aaron Rodgers, he's a very eclectic. I'm just going to use the term eclectic individual, right? He, he'd be happy doing a ton of shit. So like if he did, if they did call Aaron Rodgers bluff, he might just be like, cool. I'll go hike and smoke some. Uh, was it Asawaka? What is it? Whatever Isaka? it is. Get the hell out of my stadium. Uh, that's what it is. So I don't know. It's it's a weird situation. I, this is another one where I'm just like, bro, let's just let's just move on, resolve it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, again, it's it's so annoying, but it's like all we can really stretch talk about until the draft, and then there'll be some decent meat on the bone when it comes to the NFL between training camps and and the drafting. So I'm looking forward to it. You know, I'm not gonna say that we're gonna put a pin in the um in the hat of the free agencies between not even free agency, the trading between Lamar and Aaron because we're essentially going to bring it back up if something does happen. But I'm ready for both of these sagas to be completely done and over with. It's exhausting. And we're not even actual NFL insiders. Nah, I kind of feel like it after this week of uh, trying to follow everyone. Um, yeah, I was trying to I was trying to engage you in the chat. You got anything more of the NFL, or should we move on to the NBA stuff? No, I'm good with the NBA, man. All right. So we're going to get to the NBA stuff, which I thought I thought this was an interesting point because we're like, I don't know, two weeks out of the playoffs, or two weeks out of the play-in, and um, there was a lot of teams that made moves to try to get into the play-in or either improve their, their standings within the, the playoff race. And, you know, we there was an active deadline. We saw some superstars move, and uh, the one that actually sparked this conversation was a, a, a stat muse tweet about Kyrie and Luka experience. Um, and we, I wanted to kind of dive into all the trades in retrospect because at the time, everyone wants to say immediately, oh, this team won the trade, this team lost the trade. Same thing with the NFL draft. It's like, oh, what a dumb pick, but then the dumb pick becomes a five-time all-pro, <laughs> right? So like, let's look back. It's been a couple a couple weeks. Let's see how these trades actually panned out and uh, you know, do, do some of these teams actually have remorse of what they did. And before we get into it and I bring up the first trade, I do want to say like, from the bottom of my heart, like, so this this chat today, I've seen different people, lots of comments. We really appreciate it. It makes our it makes our experience hosting uh, much better when you guys are active. So thank you, appreciate all the all the talks. Um, let's start with the team that you care about most, the Lakers. They were we'll kind of lo- let's lump it all into one. So mm-hmm. we'll throw the Rui, we'll throw the D'Lo trade, we'll throw um, was it D'Lo Vanderbilt, we'll tr- throw Mo Bamba, um, but let's focus primarily on the one that was the multiple pieces, right? So I want to do the Lakers Wolves Jazz trade, which yep. the Lakers got D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, uh, Malik and, Beasley and Vando. They traded away a first round pick to the Lakers, right? So they lost a 2029 20, first, 2027, 20, 27 unprotected. Mm-hmm. Um, the Wolves got Mike Connolly and three seconds. So there's three teams. Do you feel like any of those three teams have remorse? Of from what they did, would they take it back? No, I think I think that was a win for all parties. Still think that if there's anybody that got the S end of the stick, but they most likely weren't going to re-sign the two anyway. It was the uh, the Timber the Timberwolves, but I don't think they were signing Beasley and, and Vanderbilt. I think they were going to let them go. So the fact that they got some second round draft capital and Mike Conley to try to help out in the playoffs for them, 
So it's it's a decent uh, return. But yeah, I think the, the Lakers would 100% continue doing that trade over and over if they had the opportunity. And same thing with the Jazz. Trader Danny is always about getting draft picks. And he got another one. What he does with the draft picks, I don't know. But he did turn them into Tatum and Brown, right? So like he did flip them for something in Boston. And maybe he does that again in, in Utah. Because I know that they have, I think, what, like five first rounders or like eight first rounders and like 17 second rounders. They got a shit ton of draft picks, yeah. them and them and the Thunder. Um, so like I think that and, and Westbrook's contract drops off their books at the end of the season. So it's not like they, they're just renting him. I haven't heard shit from Russell from Westbrook, obviously, because I know he's in L.A. now. But like you really haven't heard shit from that. So like I, they, they, I'm pretty sure they still have his contract until the end of the season because they, they bought him out, but it's still against their cap. Yeah, um, want to shout out uh, logician Tim in the chat. First time, first time viewer. The Grizzlies, Luke Kennard, They need a three point shooting. That was an excellent trade. I, I do agree with you on that Big one. Fan. Big fan. Um, you know, I want to attack each one of these parts of the trade first. The Timberwolves, right? Like, it, I think clearly it works better with Mike Connolly, so they're probably happy. Uh, the Mike Connolly Gobert pairing is much more fluid because they have that that experience in the with Utah. So I don't think they regret it. They gave away uh, what did they give away? They gave away D'Lo and D'Lo. It was just it was not working. So I don't think they regret that. Lakers. It's interesting because in hindsight, LeBron's LeBron misses thirteen games, whatever like that. They didn't expect mm-hmm. LeBron to be out, but this trade single handedly kept them in the play in race. So yes. it's a weird thing with the Lakers for me because like, do I think the Lakers are going to win a championship? because of this trade? No, because LeBron got hurt for that long and he doesn't look right now. But it's one game. Did it in the short term, did it keep them alive? Yes. So like, do they regret it? It's it's a long-term one because if that first round pick becomes a top four pick, they're going to regret the hell out of it. But right now, I think they're happy. I don't think it will because if they have, let's see here, LeBron's 38 2027 is five years from now. LeBron's gone. Yeah, LeBron's gone. 80s hurt a lot. They'll most likely have the... The Lakers don't sit for long. Like, like what I mean by that, they don't sit without a star for long. So, like, they even post Shaq in the Kobe Smush Parker era, they had Kobe, right? And then the four or five battle-tested years, they went and got Powell. Then Kobe stayed there until injury. Right after Kobe's, you know, retirement, they went and got LeBron. Mm-hmm. So like they don't stay in that top three, top My five draft area. Counterpoint: for very long. Lonzo yeah. Ball, because that was a second overall pick, right? So you could see a situation where either AD is gone or he's on the tail end of his his career. LeBron's gone, and they're terrible in twenty twenty nine, and that's a valuable pick. Um, I, I actually think of all the three parties involved, I think the Jazz might actually have some regrets, which is crazy to say. And hear me out. They got a Lakers unprotected first, but Beasley, Vanderbilt, and Mike Conley like have all been really good for their respective teams, especially Vanderbilt, super team-friendly deal, actually really good underrated player. Uh, Beasley also like been very, very good for the Lakers. I think they probably could have gotten more than just a first round pick in return. Like they could have, they could have got a couple seconds, maybe like a lottery protected first, like a heavily protected first round pick from the Lakers or something like that. Like, I think that the jazz in retrospect might look at this and be like, we got off, we, we get, we got off a little easy and we could have gotten more. Maybe, but I think they hitched their wagons to, uh, was it Lori Markinen? 
and I want to say Colin Sexton. Like, I think they were thinking those guys are their future, Jared Vanderbilt and Malik Beasley, who are essentially the replacements of yeah. those two. Like, Vanderbilt spilled Markinen and Beasley spilled Sexton. So, like, you still have those players, which you could argue that they might be a little bit better. I think Beasley's a better shooter yeah. than Sexton. But, like, they're they're interchangeable. So, like, they didn't really – they're not going to re-sign players that they already have is what I'm saying. Right. They weren't going to re-sign I'm not or saying, extend Vanderbilt having a Lori Markkinen. I'm not saying the Jazz are losing sleep over that trade, right? I think they're still happy that they got that first-round pick. And I think Ty makes a good point, right? It helps them develop mentally. Uh, mm-hmm. to freeing up minutes for the young players. But I just, I think knowing Danny, right, Danny Ainge, he's always the guy that is unwilling to trade anything unless he gets a haul back. And I'm, I'm guessing he looks at how well those guys have produced that he traded away and being like, huh, I probably could have got a little more. That's all I'm saying. Potentially, but I think he is of the <laughs> collect as many assets as possible, throw them up against the wall and hope something sticks. Yeah. So like I, he did that literally in Boston, and we're just seeing it repeat itself, repeat itself, repeat itself. With like, what are you doing with these draft picks? What are you doing with these draft picks? Are you gonna use them to trade for somebody, or are you gonna use them to get actual players? And if they keep collecting top five unprotected draft picks from teams that may be in the top five, you get your Jalen Brown at three again. Well, I think he was three. Was Jalen Brown at three? Uh, yes, I believe okay. so. So you get your Jalen Brown at three, and then you get. You have two draft picks. You get your Jason Tatum at three again. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that there's somebody out there for that, but like yeah. you clip together two first round picks for somebody's number three, people will it's do that. It's crazy. I feel like with the draft lottery, it's changed where, especially with the odds changing in the past, I don't know, five or so years where the first, the worst four teams have flat odds to get number one pick. I feel like it's such a crapshoot where instead of just having the worst team, the tanker, it's more beneficial to have more more hacks at the uh, I don't know what the hacks at the ball or whatever like have as many draft picks and hopefully your number five overall pick becomes a star or your number four or maybe you can just get lucky and be like the Pelicans and jump up and get Zion. You know what yeah, I mean? I, I mean if you have the capital for it, which is why I think we joked about about like one of the teams went out and got like. Five, like five second rounders. Like there's nothing in the second round. It was the Golden Blazers. State. Golden State went out. Yeah. And and then they got Gary Payton Jr. because of it. So it's like you're you might not get you might not hit a home run, but you could, you know, you could double up the middle, right? And like yeah. that double can get you other players. Yeah, let's just rat tat tat that one because you brought that one up. Pistons got Wiseman, Warriors got GP uh two, Jer- Gary Payton the second. Hawks got Sadiq Bay. Blazers got five seconds. Do, do any of these teams regret that making that move, or are any of those teams super pumped that they made that move? I think the Pistons will regret getting rid of Sadiq Bay. I think they that I think they gave up on. He's a nice early. player. Well, I yeah. think at the same in the same token though they they gave they gave up on a young player early in Sadiq Bay, but also got Wiseman who was superly super highly touted. He's been pretty good the past couple of weeks for the Pistons. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they're unhappy. I do. I do agree though. Sadiq Bay is a solid player. They were using him weird. He was only getting like low thirty, high twenty minutes a game uh, for the Pistons team. So we'll see. And the the Warriors, I'm sure you know Gary Payton the second hasn't really played for them. But come playoff time, I'm not too. I'm not too worried. I think they'll be happy with that. that it's going to be huge for them. And I think the. I mean, acquiring. I said it off air. Fool's gold with Wiseman right now. 
I think you're you're going to get the the Mo Bamba flash in the pan the first week or two that he's on the team. Oh, and then, are you admitting that Mo Bamba's yeah, a bum I, now? I, I, no, I didn't say a bum. I'm just saying I don't. I I got very hyped up when I saw him with like five blocks in a game. I was yeah. like, let's go. It's like, all right, let's let's bring it back now that the emotion of the trade is over and done with. Like, in, like you go to practice every day and show up to a game, and the tail ends of the back to backs. Like, now that you're getting to the meat of the schedule, like I think Wiseman will start to come a little bit down towards his actual like performance, which is unfortunately a top three pick that is slightly underachieved. Yeah, I want to do just one quick shout out before we get to the the two other big trades involving the Nets. Mm-hmm. Um, the Blazers Knicks trade that sent Josh Hart to the Knicks, and the, the Blazers got uh, Thibault, Cam Reddish, and um, a lottery protected first round pick. Awesome trade for the Knicks. They have zero. Reg- I think both teams are pretty happy because the Blazers right now are in the complete tank mode. Right, they've they shut down Dame. They're going for Victor, so they're happy to get rid of an asset and get get a draft pick back. And the Knicks man, Josh Hart has been money for that team. He's exactly what they need. He plays the Tom Thibodeau basketball style of just balls to the wall, defend hard, do all the dirty work that you need. And he seems like a guy who said. Pretty much, I'm getting older in age. I want to put my roots down. I want to be somewhere for long term. The Knicks can probably give him a team-friendly deal, and he'll be there for another three, four years. So it's a home run both sides. Yeah, I think that is a highly, highly underrated player when it comes to the perfect fit off the bench. Josh Hart is incredible. Uh, Appreciate you, Tahi, man. Thank you for sliding in. Uh, I'll give a shout to the league before we end tonight. Um, but I, I think it's huge to get a Josh Hart off the bench. I missed when I, I it hurt when he left LA. I'm not gonna lie. When he when he and Jordan Clarkson left LA, I was like, Ugh. I know we got AD, but like those were moves that like it's hard to fill that sixth seventh position off the bench, right? Yeah. You can get you, you sorry, yeah, sorry, seventh eighth. You can find the sixth man. Like you can find the guy that's like Manu Ginobili, essentially a starter, but like comes off the bench. You can find that good enough to start but, on like. Some teams, yeah, but that seventh, eighth, when you have to, when your, you know, your star guard gets into foul trouble, and you need instead of ten minutes out of the seventh position, you need fifteen, twenty. Josh Hart is prime for that. Solid defender, catch and shoot. He can also create his own and playmake as a two guard slash wing. Like it's it's all what you need as a bench player. So I think the the Knicks made out incredibly well on that trade. And they're they're doing what they can to put themselves in position to run for the East. The East is a toss up right now when it comes to how top heavy it is, and then once it gets into the meat, like those are some bullies that I don't know who's going to come out on top when it comes to it. If you're going to be a championship level team, you know what you need a glue a, a glue guy. That too, a glue guy. And Josh Hart is just is a glue guy. Like he will, he's the life of the team, and will do ride or die for your for your squad. Love That's it. True. All right, let's talk about the two big ones, right? Sure. The two Nets trades, obviously, they were the super team that never was, right? They're supposed to win all these championships. They got blown up. Um, I want to talk about the le- the less disastrous side of that first. All right, so the KD one. KD goes to the Suns with K- uh, TJ Warren. The Nets got Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson. And bear with me on the first round picks. Five. Well, four, four, four first and a swap. Four, it's easy. Four unprotected, one swap. Yeah. Um, I think, I don't know if this is, this is probably not like hot take. 
I think everyone's happy with how that turned out. Like that was a massive, like in retrospect, like I want, I was going to try to pull up the numbers. I wasn't ignoring you. I was trying to pull up my, uh, uh, Yahoo Fantasy and, and, and search Mikhail Bridges because he's been on an absolute tear. He's been great for the Nets. I think the Nets are super thrilled. They got two really good young players. One guy that could legitimately be like a fringe all-star potentially in Bridges. Um, four first and a swap. It's like, you know, I, I understand the KD thing. Like he is a top four player in the five player, four player, whatever in the league when he's healthy. But he's getting up there in age. You didn't have to give up anything to get him, and you're getting a haul back, right? So I think the Nets are happy. On the flip side, the Suns, I understand KD has been out, right? He he got hurt because the ball boy couldn't clean the carpet or clean the floor, but <laughs> it, it's true. But this is big ass feet, man. He keeps ruining his life. It's crazy. I think he's, he played like six, five or six games before he got hurt. It's unfortunate. Um, but what I was going to say is that if he's back and looking yeah. like KD by the time the playoffs start, I think that the Suns will be very happy to have a, a healthy, ready-to-go KD in the playoffs, and they don't care that they lost all those games or the picks or the players. The Suns are essentially in a position where they don't care where their seating is because they have Kevin Durant. They don't care if they have to go four games on the road because they got Kevin Durant. You know what I mean? Like it, that's essentially where he is. And he's that damn good. Before we move on to that, just quick shout. I think also bucks are happy too. got Jay Crowder. They get, it's not a five first, second round picks, but uh, they're going to be happy. Jay Crowder wins all around. All right. Last one. Uh, Kyrie demands out. He was the first domino to fall in the Nets demise. Uh, ended up with the Mavs. And the Nets got Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, uh, uh, 2029, I believe, first-round pick in two seconds. Um, I, th- I mean, the answer is obvious, right? Yes. Byers or Morris. This is the one that, that sparked the conversation. I think with Kyrie and Luka paired, or, you know, I think they were something like 3-7. and t- seven. Um, yes. Since acquiring Kyrie, they're now out of the play-in. And Luca seems miserable. <laughs> yeah, miserable. So there's there's no lighter word than using the word miserable as to what he seems right now. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Like obviously buyers remorse. You know, what I would say in this this trade is this in retrospect, right? I think everything's hindsight is always 2020. Right. Let's say you're trading stocks or whatever, like you're like, oh man, how did I not know to sell there or buy, whatever. In the future, it always makes sense. At the time, I understand where they were coming from. I wouldn't have done the trade, but I understand that. Listen, Luca wants to win a championship. He cares about that type of stuff. And he doesn't, never in his time there has had a running mate that is as worthy as him. And this is the one chance with the type of assets Dallas had, which is. They had a couple first-round picks, but other than that, they don't have a ton. They have a couple whatever players. They got a guy from the bargain bin on the discount, and they said, hey, maybe we can make this work. Best-case scenario, it works great. We re-sign Kyrie. Luka's happy. We're contenders perennially. If we don't do anything, maybe these picks turn into nothing, and Luka's unhappy and walks away. Might as well try it. Yep. But it blew up in their face. 
I don't think they saw this coming. Um, Anchor on TV made a really good point that Kyrie brings so much problem to any team that he goes to. And history tends to repeat itself. Unfortunately, everywhere that he's gone has gone up in flames. And I think they even said to the point where ever since he hit that three against Steph Curry, everything has gone to shit with, with Kyrie Irving. Meaning him and LeBron didn't, you know, unfortunately, they butted heads after the shot. Like who was the better player in Cleveland? LeBron goes to LA. Then he gets traded to Boston. They make the Eastern Conference Finals without him. And then he wants out and gets traded to Brooklyn. And then they talk about the two two super max contracts. They bring in KD. And they bring in you know James Harden. And then they set that place on fire. And then Dallas is with open arms. I get it with Luka. Like you have to try to strike while the iron's heart because that kid is special. And he, he is tapped with one of the very few individuals in the NBA right now care about championships. A lot of people care about accolades. He cares about winning. And you have to hit that. You know, unfortunately, while he's still with your team, so they bring in a superstar that is a, around the same level talent-wise as him. And unfortunately, because of all of the baggage that Kyrie brings, starting to burn all these bridges in Dallas as well. Unfortunately. So first, appreciate seeing you guy in the chat, Drum Titan. Thank you for your comments. Appreciate you here. Um, I want to. I do want to comment on what Drum Titan is saying. You know, he's basically saying, you know, Kyrie's been a cancer for every team that he has been. Uh, without LeBron managing him. I agree that Kyrie can be problematic. I mean, bruh, you don't have to tell me. We had a whole episode about Kyrie and, and the shit oh, yeah. he's been into. But I don't think that his experience so far in Dallas has been in the cancer part of it because to become a cancer, you have to be there for half a season, a season, and really you know, rub people the wrong way, have issues with the organization. The issue with Kyrie right now in Dallas is two things. Number one, they traded away a hell of a wing defender and Dorian Finney-Smith, and their defense went to shit. Number two, Kyrie's been hurt most of the time that he's been there. So I think their losing is not really Kyrie doing Kyrie things, but more of they got worse defensively for the trade, and Kyrie's not there. So like it's just Luka now in a worse defense. I will say, Yeah, I'm with you on that I one. I will say I this, guess, though. Very vaguely. On the flip side, to, to, to Trump Titans' point, like if you're the Mavericks, even if it worked out well, you have to know that from experience, long term, he's going to make this thing ugly, right? <laughs> like I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that it was a good move to get Tyree, knowing his past, but I'm not blaming this situation today, right now, on Kyrie being a bad locker room guy. I think what we're seeing is, you know the Mavericks played all these scenarios out in their head. What could happen if we trade for Kyrie best case scenario? He comes in, we, we compete for a championship. It works out. Well, the worst case scenario might be happening where they trade away usable assets, right? To win. Now they don't win now. And then on top of that, Kyrie gets the fuck out of there. He dips. So I honestly thought, and I could have sworn you confirmed it too, that, he had to have agreed to the extension in order for the trade to happen, which I thought that was part of it when he first got traded. Because I said, I was just like, Doug, who's to say that he doesn't just leave whoever he, he goes dip. to? Why would they trade for him? 
And then I, I could have sworn, you know, I, I'm not a, well, an NBA insider. Here's the thing. Well, I thought there was like an agreement for them to extend him. No. No. Me no. again? No. <laughs> oh, here we go again. No, you're back. You're back. I'm going to burn my computer. Go ahead. Do you say you're the agreement? No, that was it. I just mentioned I, I thought there was a back-end agreement with saying if we trade for you here in Dallas, you have to sign an extension to prevent that second scenario from happening, which is they trade away all these assets and then he leaves anyway. So he wasn't the, the deal was he wasn't going to sign immediately because I think they have to wait until the offseason to potentially give him the super long-term extension that he wants. Mm-hmm. But... Do you? All right. Let me ask you this: Would you want to give Kyrie that type of supermax long-term extension? Is he worth no, that? I, I told you that I didn't want him long-term when we did a buy, sell, or, or trade. Remember that? Now, long-term. Now I said they, no. Now they're in the the ultimate worst scenario because not only could Kyrie walk, but if he doesn't walk, who has all the leverage now in this negotiation? Because mm-hmm. they have no assets. No one wants Kyrie. I mean, someone will take Kyrie, but not for anything super valuable in return. And he, Kyrie has you over a barrel where he's just like, hey, give me the Supermax or I'm walking. And what are you going to do for the Mavs? You got to do it. You got to do it. Because Luca, you literally have to do it because of Luca. I think regardless of how this turns out this season, it's a win for Kyrie because he's going to have a shit ton of leverage going to the offseason. The Mavs are in a tough spot. I bet you that they completely regret making this choice because now they're stuck with him whether they want to or not. And if they don't want him and he actually leaves, you just burnt a first-round pick and two players for nothing. And if he does stay, you're overpaying him a ton and you're going to be stuck with him for four years. Lose-lose situation, unfortunately. Luca, hey, man, hang in there. <laughs> hang in there, man. I'm sorry you got to deal with this because you are too talented of a player to have to deal hey, with man. this one. Hanging. He'll be a he'll be a Laker by twenty twenty nine. Don't you worry. Who, Kyrie or Luca? Luca. Oh, don't say that, man. Don't say that. All right, we're new to this gambling thing. It's been legal for two weeks in the state of Massachusetts. Uh. We're, we're figuring this out. So, so 0 for 4, baby. <laughs> we are, we're 0 for 2. We lost two, po- two parlays. I think we're going to approach this differently this week. Let's hit the music and get this thing started. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. All right, so we want to try. We're gonna to try to gamble with you guys as a group. Uh, the first two weeks, we took two bets that were like. I don't know, plus 100 each leg of the parlay. So, you know, it was a pretty hefty parlay, but the odds are stacked against us. So we're going to do a little differently this week. We're going to do a same-game parlay. We're going to try to add a few easy pieces together to to make a decent bet. Uh, So the one game we were looking at on the calendar that we targeted for tomorrow, I really like Golden State Warriors versus the Pelicans. Uh, Since I looked at it this morning, the line has actually blown up. It was negative six and a half to start the day it's at like nine and a half now so nine right now it's at nine now okay um the pelicans are on a back-to-back they're playing tonight in a their favorite at home uh, on the road against a terrible team they're playing uh but i love to i love to pick on a team on a back-to-back right because i've noticed man those back-to-back games are crushing so the first part of our leg 
we're going to take Golden State Warriors money line. So we want them to straight up win at home. You're not getting very good juice on that, right? So we're going to we're going to stack a few things together. Um, I'm going to bet my other part, and then Deezen again with his part of the parlay. I'm also going to take the Warriors to score over 113. Um, I like it. Again, you're not going to get a lot of juice on that one. Uh, they average 119 at home, and they're playing a team that's on a back to off of a back to back. So defensively, they're going to probably foul a lot, heavy legs. Um, I think both of those are pretty low odds. But if we're going to stack four together, we're going to end up by multiplying this quite a bit. So, D, where are we going with the last two parts of this parlay? I'm going player wise. I think if we're going. Um, I'll take the clay side of it for threes. Um, or was I going Steph for three? I think I think I think I think we're stacking Clef, Steph. Okay, so we'll go we'll go Steph. I'll start with the um, the points. I think we had him going at twenty. Yeah, say twenty. And I think you looked at the, the the numbers before the show. He's averaging, um, I don't know, like twenty five or between twenty five and thirty points a game, and he's he's, you know, he. He can easily get over 20. Um, he had a really terrible game last uh, last night. So we're expecting a bounce back after the awful performance at home, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, not a good one against the Timberwolves. Uh, I think it was like one of his worst shooting performances, like 8 for 20, something like that, and like 20 points, but not a good performance for him. So I think if we go the route of 20 points scored, um, again, catching a team on the tail end of a back back-to-back, Along with average threes, I think we're gonna go with three threes. I think he could hit. Um, we stack that together with the the outright win for the money line. I think that we can get a decent parlay on it. Yeah, so we're we're doing a four leg parlay: Golden State Warriors outright um, over 113 points. We're taking Steph to get three or more threes, and then we're gonna take Steph for 20. I don't know what the what they'll give out because like obviously when you do a same game parlay, you don't get the finite numbers until like you know, six, seven hours before the matchup. Um, I would even, I would even dabble up to like 23. If, if that's for points, I can see him going off for 30. Tell you the truth. The only it's risk a, so it's he, on TNT. So here's the risk with the parlay. I think the threes are, are pretty, pretty solid. I feel good about the threes. I feel good about Golden State Warriors money line. The two legs I feel about Steph Curry points. Like average is great. I think he's averaging like 26, 27 points. 29. He, 20, so he's averaging a ton, averaging a ton of points. But if you look at the most recent seven or eight games, he has one twenty. He has two twenty point games, a sixteen. Um, so he has two twenty and a sixteen, which means he's kind of like herky jerky. He'll put up fifty or twenty recently. If you catch him on a bad night, um, you know you might lose your parlay. But that's why I'm almost saying like, if you want to put a little extra juice on it and hope that you're getting the good night, go for it. The other leg I'm not super confident about for some reason is the Golden State points, even though 113 is six under their average at home. I've noticed that teams on a back-to-back, it's what happens is the team that's playing off of the back-to-back, they're not going to score a ton of points, but also the team that's, uh, so for example, the Warriors at home, they might not have to score a ton of points to win that game. So if they get up early and the, I don't know, if the Pelicans are on pace to score 90, they might take their foot off the gas and kind of cruise. Uh, but I, I overall, I think it's a really good four-leg parlay. I think we're going to win some money this week. Yeah, I'm with it. About time that we need to do something because this, like, Ofer is not not it. Uh, we need to get off the schneid. But um, I will be watching that game. Usually don't, you know, pay attention to 10 o'clock tip-offs except for, like, the first half of a Lakers game. But I'll, I'll be watching this one just to see if we hit on it. Here comes the money.
Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. And at your fizz in the grizz parlay, let's win some money. All right, let's close out. And I want to apologize, man. I don't know what's up on my internet today. I got to figure this shit out. Like it's been, uh, this is the worst day we've ever had internet wise for me. I wasn't going to call you out on it, but I mean, hey, things happen. I'm here to help you out. Like I, I would have ran the show. I know that I have this up. Uh, but I didn't have the transition, so it just would have been very quiet with going over new topics. So thank you for at least coming back for that. No, it's all good. I'm I'm gonna go computer shopping tomorrow, which is I don't even know if it's computer or the internet, one of the things, but hey, we're at the end of the show. I know you guys stuck through the show. There's, I see there's a bunch of viewers right now. We appreciate you guys sticking through with us. Uh much love to all you guys as always. So D, we're gonna wrap up with the uh last part of our show we have been doing for the whole month of March alongside the March Madness tournament our own uh, bracket-style 64-team tournament of TV show theme songs. We started with 64 themes. We're down to the final four. We're actually on par with the actual tournament right now. Uh, So I think the best way to do it is to just go region by region um, and recap the Elite Eight matchups. I think it went chalk for what we thought it would be. Yeah, matchup-wise, I'm pretty sure. I don't want to give away, obviously, the results uh, for those that weren't able to follow on Twitter. But, yeah, I think they went the route that I wanted them to go for winners. There were no, like, upsets. Um, Unfortunately, you know, we saw the Jeffersons go down, but, like, I don't think that's an upset. I think Cops is such a strong theme that I, I I wouldn't say that that's an upset. Yep, so we had we had cops advancing to the final four as a seven C. I feel like our tournament's very reminiscent of the actual NCAA tournament. Yeah, a lot of uh, non-one seeds that made it to the to the final four. Um, but I mean it makes sense. I think it's a four, two fives, and a seven in uh in the final four right now for college basketball. So to see a seven seed strike through and you know take out some some good area, you know, some good numbers. Uh they took down Full House, they took down Mr. Rogers neighborhood. I feel like it was uh inevitable for them to be entourage. But I, I think the the last two matchups, or at least last three were were definitely tough. And they they're they're running the table right now against these teams. It's not even like it's a close like 55 45 it's like a landslide like 80 percent to 20. yeah cops is cops is strong and shout out to the jeffersons a, a really good theme song the loss to the cops uh honorable tournament they were the the number one seed that went the farthest Absolutely. Uh, let's move down i think it's the south oh. region yep. all right uh that, it, this was a weird bracket man this was a real weird bracket uh let me play the theme of the team that got out and we can talk a little more about this matchup By the way, uh, I'm going to switch to the Trap Remix, if that's okay. <laughs> it worked really well last week with the Pokemon, I think, was Trap Remix to the no, Office. No, it wasn't. It was the Office. All right, let's see if the Trap Remix is good. It's, the, it's Law & Order, guys, if you don't know. Don't hit that hard, though. Oh, I take it back.
That's pretty dope. That's I pretty like dope. It. All right. Uh, so we had Law and Order, the eight seed, advance to the final four in our South region, taking out Miami Vice, which I, it was a weird. I didn't think Miami Vice was going to get that far at all, but they made a run. Yeah, I was actually really upset about this. Uh, the Sweet Sixteen, you know, you can kind of see it at the bottom. Unfortunately, our banner is there, so you can't see I can the. Get, I can get rid the of the banner for you. Sweet, you can't. Um, so that, you know, Miami Vice taking out Golden Girls. That one kind of hurt. I didn't really understand it. Um, I thought Golden Girls would be a strong player for this round, and it would have been a toss up between Golden Girls and and Law and Order. But I'm glad Law and Order took this one. That's definitely one that I would have voted for. So I'm glad to see that. You know, another low seed taking out a higher seed. We got a on the on the the left side of the bracket. We got a seven seed and an eight seed moving on. And that means we have Law and Order in the final four taking on cops. The uh, all law enforcement. Uh, semi-final i think this one's an easy one right yeah i mean we know that there was a theme for non um songs that have words in it like what, what instrumentals there was a theme for instrumentals winning and i don't think that's going to continue on this side i think cops takes this one hands down yeah. and they, they advance to the, to the championship yeah so we got cops moving probably and uh, i think i should clarify for those watching or listening um, we're not the ones voting them forward. We actually do Twitter polls. We've been doing it throughout the month. Uh, check us out at Frizz and Grizz. Two Z's in those words, guys. Uh, on Twitter, you can vote. I'll put the polls out during the week. Um, and just to kind of fill you on the details, I think what we're going to do for the last week, just so we're in line with the actual March Madness tournament, I'll do the two semifinal matchups um, probably Monday and Tuesday. I'll have the results by Thursday and we'll put out the final on Friday so that when we meet this time next week, we'll know who the champion is. I got it. I like it. Yeah. Instead of having a, a week of waiting for the, for uh, for one, the yeah, it doesn't make any sense. All right. So let's, let's move over to the last matchups. Um, I mean, this one made sense, right? Yeah. This Pretty was our, self-explanatory. Go ahead. The, the highest seed to advance to the finals we had a two seed advance and it's honestly should have probably been a one seed, but we got our, our rankings from, what was it, Rolling Stones? So they're old people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, essentially, yes. Yeah. Now this is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down. And I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there. I'll tell you how I became the prince of a town called Bel Air. Yeah, Bel... Prince of Bel-Air theme made it to the, the final four. That was probably like if you were going to do the region of the north, that's the chalk pick to make the final four. We all had that one going to the finals. Yeah, I know that I had jokingly had, you know, kept talking about the fairly odd parents, but once they matched up against them, I knew that, you know, Fresh Prince was going to take that one there. Um, yeah, I'm with you on that too. I, I don't know if people were you know, a big shout to Drum for this one. I, I don't know if people were voting by their the show as opposed to the theme, but that was a part of the Sweet 16 instrumentals that were really upsetting that X-Files beat out Happy Days. Um, so I was very glad that, you know, they, they matched up against Fresh Prince and they got taken out. Yeah, to, to be fair, though, like the matchups for the X-Files, Gilmore Girls, Gilligan's Island's kind of weak, Happy Days, it's whatever. Like they had, they had a pretty easy road to the this far yeah and thankfully they didn't take out the top song or one of the top songs in the uh, in the contest for it yeah all right so let's get to the last matchup uh you know the office made a hell of a run they they were taking out competitor after competitor ty he actually was the tie-breaking vote for the last 
last matchup. So thanks to Tahi for that. Uh, I think the right team or right song is in the final four from this region. I'll just play it real quick. I think we have a super, super, super compelling semifinal matchup on this side. I, the other side, Cops is a no-brainer going yeah. to the finals. Pokemon versus the Fresh Prince, man. This is huge. That's going to be a monster matchup. I don't know who's going to win. This is, I know that Duke or North Carolina would never be 2-12, but this is essentially like two of the best teams in like college basketball playing against each other in the final four. Like I, we said it, we said Pokemon has a real good chance of winning this championship. Yeah. And they're going up against Fresh Prince. I want to know what nostalgic era hits first. Is it the nineties sitcom era or is it the, yo, we're like 10, 12 years old playing Pokemon? Because like, if it's the latter, I think Pokemon might take out Fresh Prince, tell you the truth. I actually, if I was a betting man, which I am, I guess now, I would take Pokemon. I think Pokemon is going to take out Fresh Prince. I think, the, I mean, all right, let's just play hypotheticals real quick. Mm -hmm. If Fresh Prince makes it to the final and plays Cops, I think Cops beats Fresh beats Prince. Beats the crap out of them. Yes. However, I think if Pokemon faces Cops, I think Pokemon takes out Cops. I think we might get our first like 5149 vote if Pokemon faces cops in the championship. That would be like, uh, with all due respect to all the teams that made it this far, Law and Order, man, what are you doing here? <laughs> They're just happy to be here, man. They, they, they got the lucky route uh, or like the luck of the draw with their matchups leading all the way up to the championship. They didn't have to face Golden Girls. And if they did, they, they probably would have got beat. I'm telling you. Yeah, so uh, big shouts to all you guys who've been participating, guys and gals who've been participating in the tournament. Uh, we'll have the voting out starting Monday or Tuesday at Frizz and Grizz on Twitter. Um, and then, you know, Friday, I think we'll put out the championship. And then by the time we meet next week, we'll be crowning a team the champion of the theme song tournament. I can't wait to see. This is crazy, man. I like that we did this, like... It just just something out of the you know out of the ordinary you know for us to continue doing this for for the duration of the show I think is actually kind of dope and you know next year we'll have a different theme when it comes to you know what March Madness yeah. things we want to go up against uh, each other maybe like you know fast food restaurants or something like that I think that would be a good one uh, but we got plenty of time and I think this turned out to be really good really successful especially with the uh, the amount of contribution. Well, I apologize for being the person to screw up this podcast today. I have a lot of editing to do after we get off the air. Um, thank you guys for all, you know, all you guys and gals for listening on podcasts, contributing live. Um, you know, the chat's been lively. So, like, it makes doing this super fun. You know, it's great to see new people. Drum Titan, hope to see you back, buddy. Thank you for coming. Uh, D, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually exit on the same song as last week because it was such a fucking banger. <laughs> Uh, the office again? Do you have a, a picture? Should I, should I give the Jeffersons a, a proper sound off for being? Nah, uh, man, they they lost. Man, they're done and over with. Their old news, they lost. Do you want me to just go the regular boring ass uh, exit then? No, nah, man. I told you, like, if you're going with, if you're gonna throw one, I guess we'll throw out the office. I don't mind it. 
All right, because the office trap mix was a banger. So D, get us out here the right way. As we say every time we're wrapping up, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for watching. Thank you all for being here tomorrow, Tuesday, when you're listening on your drive to work. More importantly, take care of y'all bread. Take care of y'all chicken. Take care of y'all mentals. Take care of y'all physical. I got one. Take care of your internet also. Take care of your internet. Yes, get yourself some some better computer wear. Big shout out to Caitlin Clark out in Iowa, baby. 41, 10, and 12, triple-double for women's basketball. Absolutely incredible. <laughs>